Welcome to Discovering Jazz. My name's Larry Sademan. In this podcast, you and I can learn about jazz, old and new, together. We'll hear a wide variety of selections and explore different topics each week. We'll also get a sense of what to listen for to enhance our experience. Coming through Peterborough Independent Podcasters. Discovering Jazz. Today, the future of jazz, part two. Starting with Toronto pianist Roby Botash, who won the Juno this year for Best Jazz Album Solo. The album was called Old Soul, and from that album, here is his rendition of The Days of Wine and Roses. Features Larnell Lewis on drums, Mike Downs bass, and the piano of Roby Botash.
You listen to that tune so beautifully played by Robbie Batash and friends, and whether you grew up in the 50s or today, this would fit the category of jazz. Other tracks in the album have some electronic gizmos, including one by Prince, and in at least one of them, Budapest, he uses a string quartet. So a few nods to an expansion of the category of jazz, something that Mike Graham and I talked about last week. I don't know if the jazz I hear played in clubs and the radio, etc. has changed much since I was a kid, 50 to 65 years ago. But one thing that has changed is the seriousness with which it is taken and the training that seems to be part of that. I am personally mulled over going into a music program when I went to university. And music was strictly classical and art music, maybe some ethnomusicology that studied folk traditions, but never jazz. Now, so many schools all over the world have a program where students can study jazz and perfect their theoretical and practical skills. Last week, my guest, Peterborough jazz musician uh, Mike Graham, talked about what he envisioned the future of jazz to be. Here's what he has to say about some of that more formal training. I sometimes think if you haven't had the jazz training, you have a maybe a good chance of of creating your own style. Uh, the college training really has a this is the way we do it, this is the way we learn from. When I went to, to music school, it was basically this is what you need to know how to survive as a musician. You know, these are the skills you need. It wasn't necessarily this is these are the, the things you need to know to become a great jazz player. Was more geared to like you know making a living, you know, uh, solid things to to be able to read and uh, show up on time and stuff like that. And uh, so now with the academic world, you know, Berkeley, for instance, has five thousand music students. You know, so imagine going there in first year and you're in a in a theater for you know there's. 800 people in your theater listening to the prof. Well, my goodness, I, d- I don't know how much attention span people can can keep with the, with that kind of energy, you know, versus going, studying with a good player, you know, for a tenth of the price, and it's a one-on-one. And, but you get to meet lots of people at Berkeley. So, you know, Berkeley is a networking thing, like all the schools. So, you know, if you're good, it's really good to network through there. Mm-hmm. But are you going to become a great jazz player? Eh, you know, you might. There's always one or two great players every year that kind of come out of these schools. And... One jazz artist who wasn't formally trained was Dizzy Gillespie. Gillespie started to play the piano at the age of four and taught himself how to play the trombone as well as the trumpet by age 12. He was considered one of the great jazz innovators of all time. And with Chano Pozo and Mario Boza, he was the founder of Afro-Cuban jazz. Similarly, with Charlie Parker, whose only formal training was in high school bands, he developed the revolutionary harmonies of bebop by one day realizing that the 12 semitones of the chromatic scale can lead melodically to any key, breaking some of the confines of simpler jazz soloing. You're hearing Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker together from 1947. This is Groovin' High.
Charlie Parker with Dizzy Gillespie. Today, with guitarist Mike Graham talking about the future of jazz. How can we predict the future if we don't understand the past, right? That was an innovative piece of bebop from 1947. I did a quick Google search using the phrase, the future of jazz, and the first thing that came up was from the Thelonious Monk Institute of Jazz from a course they were teaching. They emphasized that blues, swing, bebop, and hard bop will still be around, which may have been a bit different from what Mike Graham predicted last week, saying that as these jazz fans die off, something new will take its place. But they did say that the envelope will continue to be pushed within these styles. They also, however, reiterated what Mike stated, stating that new styles of jazz will increasingly include more 20th and 21st century classical music and world music. The line between jazz and improvised contemporary classical and world music may blur to the point where there's no longer a noticeable difference. This style of jazz will be difficult to label. Rather than being called jazz, it might simply be called improvised music. So I'm wondering if what has been labeled as free jazz, players like Anthony Braxton, Cecil Taylor, and the Art Ensemble of Chicago, whose music is generally an offshoot of jazz, would end up having a huge comeback. One such purveyor of such music was English avant-garde guitarist Derek Bailey, who has described free improvisation as playing without memory. Here's a sample of some of what he does. The Thelonious Monk Institute Future of Jazz outline ends off very optimistically this way, quote, Since jazz speaks to the human condition and to people's hearts, it will increasingly be performed, listened to, enjoyed, analyzed, debated, and studied throughout the world. Jazz will continue to serve as a reminder that differences between people are a good thing and, if channeled properly, can lead to a much greater good. Another article that I found uh, online by somebody who called himself or herself Laser Cruster 
talk more specifically about what jazz might sound like in the future. It really emphasizes the incorporation of hip-hop, citing the phenomenal commercial success of uh, Kendrick Lamar and the jazz instrumentation of his award-winning album to Pimp a Butterfly. The description of a couple tracks was that they have hooky rap flows and some complex harmonic textures and interludes. Listeners can easily latch on to what's accessible and familiar, which is rap, while experiencing something harmonically fresh. I'll play one of those tracks. Here is These Walls. Kendrick Lamar from 2015. I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same. I've been on the streets too long Looking at you from the outside in They sing the same old song About how they was always the cleanest I beg to differ I must have missed them I'm not involved I'd rather diss them I'd rather call on you Put your wall up Cause when I come around Demolition go
If your walls can talk, they tell you it's too late. Your destiny accepted your fate. Build accessories and stash them on the yard. Take the recipe, the Bible, and God. Wall telling you that commissary is low. Race wars happening, no calling CO. No calling your mother to save you. Homies to say you're irreptable, not acceptable. Your behavior sent me to board like a killer that turns snitch. Wars is telling me you're a bitch. You pray for pills, hoping the warden would afford them. That sentence so important. Walls telling you to listen and sing about me. Retaliation is strong, you even dream about me. Kill my homeboy and God spared your life. Dumb criminal got indicted, same night. So when you play the song, rewind the first verse. About me abusing my power so you can hurt. About me and her in the shower whenever she horny. About me and her in the after hours of the morning. About her baby daddy currently serving life. And how she think about you until we meet up at night. About the only girl who cared about you when you asked her. And how she fucking on the famous rapper. Walls can talk, talk, talk. talk. I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same, abusing my power full of resentment, resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. Kendrick Lamar with Bilal, Anna Wise, and Thundercat. It won 11 Grammy nominations for 2015. A lot of jazz fans have embraced this album. It was also critically acclaimed. Even though it may not normally be considered as fitting within the jazz genre. But again, the future of jazz may be less dependent on being any particular genre. Laser Cruster mentioned a few other artists, and I gave a listen to a couple of tracks from one of them who really impressed me. Definitely a jazz sensibility. The group is Flying Lotus, who really is American music producer Stephen Ellison. The album from 2010 is called Cosmogramma. Here is Do the Astral Plane.
Flying Lotus. So what this commenter, Laser Cruster, says in relating this music to jazz and the future of jazz is the jazz language is a strong component of some of these artists who've gained popularity recently. It's not jazz for jazz's sake. It's a merging of jazz harmony and melody with elements that mainstream listeners can already latch onto. Strong rap flow, four on the floor house, singers with personality. There's a lot of potential here, unquote. I think he or she has a point. Before I go back to talking to Peterborough jazz guitarist Mike Graham, who will talk about some of his favorite jazz performers whose music will live on into the future, as well as giving some hopeful words about jazz, I want to throw in a Canadian album that never caught on, maybe because it straddled so many genres, yet I think it's brilliant. The man's name is Dana Fratzel, F-R-A-U-Z-E-L, and he went under the name of Someone, and much of this album was a family effort. At the time, he lived in Band Lake Hill, Ontario, near Ottawa, the album's from 1995, and it's called Islands with Beautiful Names. I discovered it in a liquidation store in Langley, B.C. There were a whole bunch of the, this particular CD for 20 cents each, I think, and out of curiosity, I bought one. It really knocked me out. I had never heard anything like this before and really grew to love it. And you won't find it anywhere online or even a reference to it. That's how obscure it is. Here's track one, Definition. And it may be the lack of any standard definition of this music that kept it from catching on. I wonder what would happen if it were polished up a bit, sound-wise, then released today. Situation 
Not so full of expectations Not so full of wrong direction Not so full of lack of Interesting, don't you think? From 1995, but maybe incorporating some of what the future holds for jazz. Dana Frotzell and Someone, just spelled S-U-M, the number one, from an album called Islands with Beautiful Names. In talking with Peterborough jazz guitarist Mike Graham about what the future holds, I want to review one thing that he stated in last week's program. Something different than what it is now. I think... uh... The music now is sort of phasing out, so I'm not sure where it's going to end up. Won't be bebop, won't be uh, swing, won't be, you know, even the hip hop thing that takes a bit of bebop. Won't be that. It's going to be something different. Perhaps composed, just newly composed style of music. I think that's it. Sort of, you know, where classical was was moving to when it was sort of becoming less and less popular. It became more and more different, you know, with the the 12 tones and and all that, which then didn't become popular, but I think that's where it's probably going to go to. After after this generation of people who still grew up with Miles Davis and, and, and that kind of music being played quite a bit, I think as soon as that generation's gone... It'll be totally different. One reason, he suggests, does have to do with the media through which young people would be listening to jazz or any kind of music, which is so different today than it was. What we have in the past called jazz may not be that conducive to online listening. Here's more from Mike. You know, you can just listen to jazz for me and just enjoy it. You know, I enjoy watching uh, a bebop saxophone player uh, live, but I don't necessarily enjoy watching a, a, bebop, a bebop player on on the computer or on a screen. You know, it's 
it's just somewhat removed for me you know doesn't doesn't hold my attention so and I love jazz and and play it so can you imagine a kid or younger people you know they're just not going to be pulled into anything on the screen by jazz so somehow they have to be exposed to the fun part of jazz or or uh, or you know the technical side which is the students the students are attracted to that so there's a technical or academic aspect and then there's the fun aspect maybe they can meet maybe not i invited mike to talk about his own bucket list of concerts that he would like to experience or re-experience all cuban bands i see are fantastic i'm knocked out by their their abilities so uh the uh, i would see any any cuban band you know and i've been to havana lately and 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 they all can play so well and they're all very fun and entertaining so that's what does it for me and they're playing jazz in there i totally agree with him about cuban bands listen to my recent four podcasts on cuban jazz including one on the group who are coming to peterborough april 28th playing market hall Makeke with jane Bennett. But I'm going to play something by a CD I bought recently uh, by Harold Lopez Nusa, and I love it. It's the past, present, and future of jazz all rolled into one, as far as I'm concerned. Here he is. Uh, he's playing one of the tracks from that CD, but it's a version that he's playing live on the streets of Havana, a medium that is conducive to everyone, young and old, appreciating it. Watching and listening to him, you can certainly tell he's having fun.
Let's continue hearing about Mike Graham's bucket list. I saw Marcus Miller. I, he knocked me out with what he does. And, uh, you know, Schofield I like still. And uh, Kurt Rosenwinkel, I'll probably go see him. But uh, Diane Reeves again, Kurt Elling again, you know. That's about uh, who I can think of off the top of my head. Well, last week I played some Kurt Rosenwinkel, Kurt Elling, and... Diane Reeves, so how about Marcus Miller, a bassist who played for many years with Miles Davis in his later group and has written some tremendous jazz pieces. Listen to this. It's funky, but more jazz than funk. Is the future of jazz going back to its roots as dance music? Marcus Miller with Power, recorded live in 2008.
any Canadians who might come close to making that list? Oh, yeah, there's lots of good Canadians, you know. Um, well, who's the Canadian? Uh, well, Robbie Botas, we just saw him a couple of weeks ago. That was fabulous. And in and, and that whole circle of the Afro-Cuban players that he plays with, and Jeremy Ledbetter, you know, was, was fa fabulous at a concert we saw. Recently. Yeah, you were you were talking about Jeremy Ledbetter and his latest uh, CD. Yeah, and that's how, well. I just heard that one song they played on Jazz FM, and it was was fabulous. And what it, was it called? Oh, I can't remember it, but uh, it sounded very Brazilian and very simple. Here I am interrupting Mike Graham mid sentence because I think I might have found the tune to which he was referring. Jeremy Ledbetter Trio with Larnell Lewis on drums, who you've already heard twice as part of Snarky Puppy and Robbie Botal's group. Also, uh, bassist Rich Brown and guest vocalist, Venezuelan jazz singer Ileana Cuevas. The tune is called Her New Wings from an album called Got a Light? The Jeremy Ledbetter Trio.
and I sort of like uh, that's what attracts me personally is, is more simple music that says a lot rather than a cacophony of notes and and crazy changes you know I, I, as I age I like the simpler stuff you want to more. play a tune maybe of something that's sort of nice and simple but says a lot <laughs> well uh, I've just been working on this song It's a complex song, but it's very simple in one other way, you know, like it's simple ideas in it. It's a very complex song. Yeah, lush life. Well, I could play the other part of that. How's <laughs> it go? Mike Graham will be part of the International Jazz Day weekend in Peterborough, playing along with saxophonist and soul singer Carrie Chestnut as part of the Dine with Jazz at Amandala's Restaurant, April 27th from 5 until 8. Thanks to Mike Graham for being my guest these last two weeks on Discovering Jazz, podcasted through Peterborough Independent Podcasters and iTunes. My name is Larry Sademan. Next week, I'll take you on a guided tour of International Jazz Day, talking about some of what is happening internationally, as well as what is going on that weekend in Peterborough. Well, jazz will always live on, because there's always still people that get the bug for it, and uh, that's you can't not play it. So uh, it'll always survive. Hopefully it'll become popular again. But not too popular, right? We don't want to ruin it. I'm going to end off with a bit of another version of Lush Life uh, by Dana Fretzel, the man who uh, was responsible for that Islands with Beautiful Names record that I played earlier today. Uh, he's from the Ottawa area, and I made contact with Dana a couple years ago, and he's been taking jazz singing lessons just for the fun of it. I have a track he recorded, backed by pianist Robin Petre. Let's play it to take you home. Bye for now. I used to visit all the very gay places, those come what may places, where 
One relaxes on the axis of the wheel of life to get the feel of life from jazz and cocktails. The girls I knew had sad and sullen gray faces with distinct gay traces that used to be there. You could see where they'd been washed away. By too many through the day, twelve o'clock tales. Then you came along with your siren song to tempt me to madness. I thought for a while that your poignant smile was tinged with the sadness of a great love for me. Yes, I was wrong again. I was wrong. Life is lonely again, and only last year everything seemed so sure. Now life is awful again. A trough full of hearts could only be a bore. A week in Paris could eat the bite of it. Carries to smile in spite of it. I'll forget you. I will, while yet you are still burning inside my brain. Romance is much stifling those who strive. I'll live a lush life in some small dive, and there I'll be while I rot with the 